Yo, welcome to How to Write a Novel. I'm going to try to record an episode in Amsterdam, but this is an extremely populous city. There's really nowhere you can go where there's not shit tons of people. So I'm just going to walk at random and see uh, how successfully I can avoid people. <laughs> we'll see. For uh, anybody playing at home, I'm right by the water loop line metro station and I'm just walking away from it away from like the red light district I don't know what direction that is south I think so the good news is I was saying how last time I was here which was like two and a half years ago I think I kind of freaked the fuck out it was really weird because not only was I not prepared for how uh, anxious I was gonna feel I didn't even know I could feel like that. Like it's a thing I hadn't felt since I was a little kid in that specific way. I've been nervous before, but not like this where it was just constant. Like it just wouldn't go away. I just like went to bed with this like pressure in my chest and I woke up with it. I think this must be like when people talk about panic attacks, like it wasn't a panic attack because it lasted for days and days. But I remember Jay Moore talking about that, about having panic attacks when he was on SNL. And they were so bad that he thought he was having a heart attack. And it's one of those things like nobody's ever died from a panic attack, but but you just feel like you're gonna. <laughs> like, it was definitely along those lines, you know? It was like a smaller version of that. So I was just like, fuck this, gotta get out of here. <laughs> so I did. So yeah, I wanted to come back now to sort of redeem myself. Didn't want to go to the grave with this, this bullshit, it's like if, you know, say you, uh, you did one speech in school in the first grade and it sucked and you hated it and you never did another speech again in your life, you know, you'd be the guy for the rest of your life who is terrified of doing speeches. Like a similar thing. I didn't want to be the guy who can't travel because I freak out. I just had to, I had to give myself that one. It's like, all right, that one didn't work. That went bad, but it was your first time traveling overseas. Try again, see what's gonna happen. And I'm fucking pleased to report that this time I don't feel shit. <laughs> like there's some stuff that's cool. A lot of things that are cool about this city. Some things that suck. Paying to go to the bathroom, I'm not a fan of. Even at like fucking McDonald's and Burger King, it's like, give me 50 cents so you can't go to the bathroom. I hate that, <laughs> I fucking hate it. But it's all intellectual. It's like, well, whatever. I like this stuff. I don't like this stuff. But I don't feel anything. It's like, ah, that's that's good. Like, if anything, it's almost a little mundane. Because I, when I travel, I don't do stuff, you know? I don't do touristy shit. I don't set up stuff to do. I just go to coffee shops and libraries and work on shit. I just do the same stuff I do at home, just in a different place. And that's all I'm doing here. So it's like almost a little mundane. But that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> it's like, I definitely did. I built up some, uh, a little tolerance, a little bit of like inoculation. So I think that's good because uh, when I go to Japan after this, I presume I won't have any big problems. I feel like uh, I'm a little more aware now of what it feels like to be in a foreign culture. So now let's just ramp it up. Let's just go somewhere weirder.
places to go and all. But yeah, there are just fucking people everywhere. This fucking sucks. So, uh, I had some writerly fucking thoughts, but let's wait till, wait till I get back to my Airbnb, which is real far away. So far away that there's like sheep and cows and stuff. That's like the true Netherlands. <laughs> but there'll definitely be less people constantly ducking around and trying to go places where I can avoid people and trying to find places to talk to myself. I'm just gonna get hit by a bicycle or something. <laughs> it's just, uh, I gotta, I gotta focus around these parts. This place is dangerous for a pedestrian. Ah, uh, here we go. I found a little spot where there just happens to be construction and there's all these like fucking construction going on, fucking shit set up and all the uh, fucking douchebags on their bicycles have to get off the bike. <laughs> So now I'm just by this little canal, some nice little house boats and shit. But yeah, fucking, I love seeing the bicycle people get obstructed. The bicycle culture, it's ridiculous here. I mean, obviously Amsterdam is famous for the bikes. Just look up Google Bicycles Amsterdam and you'll see like Central Station or any station really. And just the number of bicycles and they're just, I guess, I mean, okay, let me, let me be a little more fair to them. Everything here is kind of like, you ever hear about, like, I've never been to India, but uh, India, of what I've heard, it's like a little famous for its lack of traffic lights. And everything's just a crazy scramble. But it generally works. And the argument is, in North America, we rely on the traffic signals. Whereas in India, you just have to be vigilant all the time. You just got to pay attention or you're going to get hit by a taxi and killed. So people pay attention and uh, here it's like a, a combination, like they have the traffic signals, but you really got to pay attention. Everything is like, especially with the bikes, like they just don't stop. They just presume the right of way. It's like uh, in North America as a pedestrian, I just get annoyed by cars, you know, because it's like, hey, you can kill me. I can't do anything to you. You got to be careful. Where here, I feel like the, uh, the cars and the bicycles are pretty even. If not, the bicycles may be like top of the food chain. There's so many of them that it's like the bicycles kind of presume right of way. And you just got to get the fuck out of the way. And it's real annoying. But to be fair to them, I guess they don't really have a choice. Because if they hesitate, if they stop the flow, there's another bicycle right behind them. You know, that would be worse. So, I mean, I guess that's that's the balance I've kind of hit with this trip to Amsterdam. It's like, I don't like the bicycles. They're very fucking annoying. But I've accepted that I just need to... I gotta be on hot coals all the time. I gotta be the guy to move out of the way. I can't expect the bicycles to care about me. <laughs> they don't and they won't. So, you know, it's like a happy middle. It's, uh... It's as good as it's going to get, you know? <laughs> I'm never going to not find fault. But at least this time, I can find fault and just be like, but that's fine. That's just how it is. And yeah, so, uh, I mean, obviously, it's just, it's night and day, you know? Not feeling panic compared to feeling panic, <laughs> you know? You can't fucking, you can't beat that. It's nice too just because I have a more proper smartphone than I did last time. 
So now it's just a lot easier to just get on Wi-Fi and get a fucking Google map and stuff in case I do get lost. I've already got shit pretty much set up for Tokyo. For some reason you can't download a Google map of Tokyo. I think it's because some deal with Japan where they don't allow the Google cars. Either that or they just haven't done the Google cars yet, but because Google doesn't own the map info, you're not allowed to download it, but I got like an app of a Google map and I found where my little stupid place is that I'm staying and it's like a block away from a 7-Eleven it's only two blocks from the subway. It'll be no problem. That's what I should do is download some YouTube videos of like, how do I get just from, <laughs> just how do I get from Narita airport to that subway station? Like everything's on YouTube. I bet I can find a guy who literally walks through the whole journey. Yeah, I feel very unnervous. It's good. It's good stuff. Jesus Christ, though. There really are people everywhere in this place. I don't know where it stands on the worldwide list of, like, populous cities, but I know Amsterdam is one of the... It's one of the top dogs. It's pretty high up there. And that's definitely true. Everywhere you go, <laughs> there's people. Speaking of, I mean, I guess as far as uh, slowly acclimating to other places, like I remember going to Montreal in like 2003 just for a trip to go see a wrestling pay-per-view. And I remember finding it very crowded feeling. I was just like, I did feel, in hindsight, now that I think back, I felt kind of nervous. And I mean, Montreal, Montreal is empty, motherfucker. Because, <laughs> you know, after that I went to New York, which is crazy. And then Toronto, which is crazy by Canadian standards, but very empty by New York standards. And Montreal is way more empty than that. I guess this is just how it is, man. This is just how it is. You just gotta... You just gotta ease in. You just gotta get used to these things. So we'll see. I guess we'll see if I have a Tokyo freakout. But I don't think so. I think this time I didn't dive into the deep end. I think this time I did the proper... steps. The proper progress. But yeah, okay, that's the travel report. Let's get to, uh, let's get to the sticks, and then I'll give my fucking writing report. <laughs> I just feel like, I don't know, I really feel like maybe it's because I'm in this, like, other city, and the canals, and the houseboats, and all the fucking architecture and the stuff. It really makes this podcast feel boring. It's like, now I'm just gonna talk about my fucking rambling thoughts about writing shit. You just gotta stick with it and it takes a long time. That's it. That's all I have to say over and over. And that's all I'm gonna say this time. But meet me after there's this quick break. <laughs> and I'll find a new way to say that yet again. Alright, I'm still in the central part of Amsterdam, but I found this nice little park. Just a little parkette. But it's getting dark out. Bunch of tulips. Some empty benches. And there are people walking by, but they're all walking 30 feet away from me. So I think I can just chill here and talk to myself. So let's fucking do this. Because, yeah, so all that rambling about uh, travel and acclimating myself to traveling and to be in different places and whatnot. 
that actually ties into what I wanted to talk about as far as writing, because it's a similar thing of just like ramping up my uh, efficacy as a writer and just my ability to, oh, look at all these birds. Okay, okay, I'm walking over here, don't freak out. It's like a stork. I don't think it liked me. But yeah, just leveling up my uh, ability to do stuff. Because what got me thinking it was when I first got here to Amsterdam for the first few days, what I was doing back in Canada was uh, dragging my book bag around with me so I'd do some editing on some different podcasts and fucking documentary I'm making and all this shit. And then also do writing throughout the day, you know, as part of my, part of my shit. So what I did every day was do some laptop shit and do some writing shit because I write on my phone and not on my laptop. But when I got here to Amsterdam, it's like, all right, I don't want to walk around with my book bag. First off, because I was so far out in the sticks <laughs> with the fucking cows and the sheep and stuff. And I hadn't figured out the regional buses yet. So I didn't want to drag my fucking book bag around. Plus, I didn't want to look like a big nerd walking around Amsterdam with my fucking big ass book bag. So I just had my phone and I was like, all right, I'm going to let's double down on writing. Let's do more writing than I have been doing. Because I thought maybe I'm ready to level up. Like maybe I'm ready to do more writing in a day. Because generally I have some stuff to kind of ease me into writing. Because there is always that weird pressure of writing. Of like it feels like this big thing of like, oh, I don't want to do it. You know, the uh, weird internal pressure. That just weird thing of just not wanting to, to work. You know, it's like, hey, we'll never find out if I suck at this. We'll never find out if I'm a huge failure if I just don't do it. You know, <laughs> you got to ease yourself in sometimes. So I either have a book with me that I can read a couple pages of, or uh, just some movies and TV shows and shit on my phone. I like having shit on the phone because I can just watch like a minute of a show and then a minute of a movie. And it feels just like channel surfing back in the day, except that you eventually see everything, you know? You just cycle through stuff because I just have no, no patience for TV and movies. I really get just uh, like stir crazy. I just have like ADD with them. So it takes me three weeks to watch a movie, but you know, just whatever, just something to kind of ease me in and I'll just watch some shit until I get kind of antsy about it and tired of that. And then I want to write. I'm like, okay, you know, it's just easier than diving right into writing. Or what I've been doing lately is I just grabbed some comics. There's this guy, Junji Ito, who did this, uh, he's this Japanese horror comic guy. And I read his comic Uzumaki back in the day. That's pretty famous. And I found a big collection of, like, all of his stuff. So I'm like, cool, I always wanted to read this stuff, so let's fucking read this shit on my phone. Reading comics on a phone isn't too bad as long as you do it horizontally. And you just scroll down the page. It's pretty readable if you do it vertically and try to read the whole page at once. It's a mess. Don't do that. But I figured, all right, I got all this shit to keep me occupied throughout the day. I got my writing, so I'll just, that's what I'll do. I'll just walk around Amsterdam. I'll just like, okay, read two pages of a book, do some writing, watch a little bit of a movie, do some writing, go to a different place, repeat ad nauseum, grind out writing throughout the day. But all this preaching I've been doing on this podcast about going slow, about how I think it's not a bad idea to go slow, and in fact, maybe a good thing to go slow. I really started button up against that. It's like, it doesn't matter that I was ready to try to do more writing and that I was all set and I wanted to do more writing. I just couldn't. Like after a few days of this, 
I just started really butting up against it of just like trying to write faster than my brain could unravel. Like I just started feeling really off and really wrong about what I was writing and just feeling like it wasn't as sharp as it should be and it wasn't as good as it should be and maybe I'm just... Maybe I'm just writing stuff that I'm not really feeling, you know? Maybe I'm just writing stuff that is doesn't really excite me, that isn't really the next thing that I'm supposed to be writing. Which I think is how most people probably feel when they write, because that's certainly how it feels when I read their shit, you know? I really feel like I'm just slogging through a bunch of shit that doesn't feel vital and doesn't feel like it's the best they could do. And if I had to guess, I think it is probably just because they're going too fast and they're pushing too hard. So specifically, I'm at this pretty pivotal point in this book where the book's about space alien on an alien spaceship. (laughs) You know, one kind of alien on the space station of another kind of alien. And the whole ending really hinges on what's going to happen now, where this is where our protagonist gets kind of connected to the internet of the ship, you know, the alien version of their informational data systems. Our protag gets hooked up to this shit and it uh, makes wacky stuff happen. Everything, you know, going forward needs, is it, this needs to happen. Wow, that is a weird sound. extra weird because you know everything's canals here so these geese or whatever they are it's like echoing off of this building but hey whatever I'll take some geese in the background it's better than getting run over by a bicycle so the thing is I need this character to agree to participate in this you know it's like hey we set up this thing to try to hook you up to our weird station so this needs to happen but now that I'm here and I'm writing it, it's like, yeah, but this character has hated this place the whole time, is totally distrustful of it, can't wait to get out of there, would leave right away if she could leave, if she had anywhere else to go, if she wasn't kind of a weird political prisoner and like sort of in political quarantine. So once I got to this situation, it's like, oh, wait a second. Why would she say yes to this? (laughs) You know, like... Somehow I didn't think about that over the past two years that I've been writing notes for this story and sorting out everything that's going to happen. Which I find happens a lot. Like, it's hard to... You can't predict everything that's going to happen. It's, like, way easier when you're there, when you're in the moment. Like, that's where I like the sort of hybrid idea of I do think it's good to have an outline and it's good to have especially an ending in mind. But the real writing happens moment to moment and you've got to be... That's the real shit. Like, whatever happens in the moment, whatever thought or feeling you have in the moment, that's the real answer. That's the real way the story's got to go, and your notes be damned. You know, if they don't work, they don't work. It's good to have them, but but I started getting that feeling. Like, that's that weird feeling I was saying about feeling like I was pushing too far. It, it almost felt like like having motion sickness. I know that seems weird to say about writing, but just when I would think about my story and sit down to do more writing... I was getting too far ahead of myself, and yeah, it felt like like I was motion sick, like a little queasy, just weird. I didn't feel good about it. It didn't feel like 
this nice, clean, clear feeling when I know I'm writing stuff that I like. It started to feel discombobulated and weird. And I had to slow down and stop and be like, dude, you're going too fast. You're writing too much. You got to pay attention to this feeling. This character doesn't want to do this thing. This thing you've got set up for her, she doesn't want to do it. There's no reason why she would want to do it. It doesn't even make sense. So you got to stop. You got to figure this out because like, this is again, like, I feel like, I feel like this is the kind of thing other writers do. And I guess I can say that because I know it's like what I used to do. It's just like, I wasn't quite feeling it. I wasn't quite sure, but whatever, just keep going. Like you're just supposed to get your X number of words done. You're just supposed to get your X amount of time done. You're just supposed to push, push, push. But then you just end up with this story that doesn't connect anymore. Like the live wire isn't live anymore. And if everything has got to go <laughs> so that that doesn't happen, then everything has got to go. So it took me a couple of days to really slow down and back up and like take all the notes I had. And first I like split them in half. I'm like, okay, this is this big ass chapter that isn't working. Let's figure out a place where I can split this in half. And the way this book is set up, each chapter is a day. There's no chapter breaks in between, like no day spans two chapters. Days might pass in between chapters, but if this is all going to happen in one day, it's all going to be one chapter. So I was like, okay, here's how I can split this into two chapters, which was easy enough. It was just my character saying like, I don't know, look, let me sleep on it. Okay. Let me think about it, <laughs> which was at least good enough for me to take half of my notes, split them off into the next chapter and forget about them. All right, ignore that for now. So let's just focus more clearly on what the fucking situation is. And in the end, the answer, it wasn't that hard. It just, but I mean, it took two days for me to figure it out, but it was just basically the pitch. The guy who runs the station, her liaison, he wants to do this purely scientifically. He's just curious. He wants to know what'll happen if they try to hook up her particular species to their weird system. Because it's not a direct computer. It's like a biological, weird-ass, fucking semi-organic, semi-sentient thing that may not recognize her at all it might not work but he wants to he wants to see he wants to know he's a scientist but she doesn't want to do it she doesn't want to have anything to do with her dumb ship so the pitch he's gonna give is if she can get hooked up to this system she'll be connected to their news sources and their they're basically their internet their information system which she was like i don't care i didn't care before why would i care now fuck off <laughs> but but he's gonna pitch like hey you can look into what happened to your planet. That's why she's stranded. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, her planet blew up. It's very dramatic. So he's like, hey, you can look into this. And even if not to learn anything, even if you can't, because I mean, what are you going to figure out? The fucking entire fucking galactic federation or whatever can't figure out what's going on. You're not going to figure it out either, but you can look at it. You can look it in the face. And isn't that what your relatives and your teachers and your parents, isn't this what they would have wanted you to do? Even though it's painful, even though it's hard? Isn't that what your whole stupid species does? You're big, tough motherfuckers. You, you do what's hard. You do the hard thing. Well, if you get hooked up to this, you can stare death right in the face. And if you aren't a little bitch, that's what you're going to do. <laughs> you know, he's going to say it in a nice sciencey way. But he's going to say that and she's going to be like, you know what? You got me. I don't want to do it. It's going to hurt. It's going to be awful. 
but I'm not a little bitch, so I'm gonna do it. She might still sleep on it, so I can still split this into two chapters. <laughs> but and I was like, good, there we go. That, that gets everything back on track, and that feels right. And it took me the extra two days to get it to feel right. And I, I've said this before, but I always think about what if I didn't go slow? What if I just pushed forward? What if I just kept going? I wouldn't have come up with that little detail. And that's, I mean, what is a story if not little details, you know? Like, it, it might sound like a little thing, but it's not. It, it completely would undermine the motivations of this whole character, this whole book we've been reading this whole time. You can't just have a character act a way that they wouldn't act and go along with something they wouldn't go along with in order to progress a plot. Like, that's so transparent when that happens. It's so obvious. And it's the easiest way to disconnect from a story, you know, to not feel emotional resonance with a story anymore. When you can't buy the motivations of a character anymore or you feel the hand of the author, you know, it's like... Like, this fucking asshole is just trying to get from point A to point B and is not caring about how we get there. And that's not me! <laughs> that's not gonna happen. So yeah, it's like... You gotta go slow. Like, I really started this podcast, my main... message, I guess, was it's okay to go slow. Slow motion's better than no motion, you know? A little bit every day is fine, as long as it is every day, and as long as you just keep moving. Don't beat yourself up, because it's not a lot. And as I go further, it's like, I'm really shifting to the other side of like, not only is a little bit okay, a little bit a day is mandatory. <laughs> I mean, hey, everyone's different, whatever. Maybe you're the greatest writer of all time, but I feel like if you want something to really be good, and you want something to really resonate and to really resonate with yourself even I mean that's what I, I who knows what resonates with other people who can who can who who knows who cares you know but to, to write what is really inside of you what's really there if you're trying to mirror yourself and your worldview and your sense of art and your sense of tone and your sense of life into something you gotta go slow you gotta Follow the trail carefully. You can't lose the scent, you know? You can't lose the trail. So basically, I started dragging my book bag around like a big nerd again, because it's like, I can't just fill my whole day with writing. It's just too much. It's a piece of the day, and that's it. And maybe that's all it'll ever be. But that's something that'll be interesting to keep an eye on as well, because along those lines, like, I have kind of leveled up where I was thinking back through kind of the past of things. Let me give you the quick sort of, uh, the quick little tour. Oh man, I'm glad I found this little park where I can just talk to myself and yell and be a weirdo. I hate being, like having people all around me. It's so uncomfortable. So yeah, back in the day, I wrote so slowly that it was imperceptible. You know, basically I, it was enough to get notes. I've got a lot of notes, but I never finished anything because I didn't have enough work ethic and enough consistency to write every day. And that's how things were for, you know, for fucking ever, for my whole life. Then the book I wrote, the, the nonfiction book about the video game The Last of Us, which is available for free at keithcourage.com, that was the big thing that I finally finished, the book I finally finished. And with that, 
That was when I got into the habit of writing every day, and I was surprised how little I got done every day. Like, that's when I finally learned about myself and how much work I actually get done in a day, and it is way less than I expected. But I did it every day, and it built up till I finished this book. But thinking back, I didn't actually write every day. Like, I was still working up to it. I had definitely, like, leveled up. I had definitely gotten better. But especially about four-fifths of the way through that book, just as the project continues and as it gets bigger and bigger and as you get closer to the end, that resistance feeling just gets worse and worse. It just gets harder and harder to work on things and it gets easier and easier to justify stopping because you just feel that pressure. You feel that weight of like, what if this thing sucks? What if everyone hates it? You know, I'm putting myself out here and it'd be the easiest thing in the world to just stop. Because I remember specifically, I was talking to my friend Matt, and he was working on this video game, and he was doing this thing that uh, he was working on it on Twitch. You know, Twitch is where you just go to play video games, and maybe people will watch you play video games and have a little chat room. And there's people that program games on Twitch, and he started doing that, and he said how interesting it was. Like, even if there's literally only two or three people there, like, he had some programming problem with something, and one of the people in the chat was like, hey, go here, check it out. Here's the resource for the thing you need. And I was like, man, that is so interesting and so neat. And like, just that motivation of, like, I'm going to show up every day in my Twitch room, and even if I've only got two or three people, or no people, like, I just, somebody might show up. Like, it just gives you that little push, that little, like, extra accountability of, like, i got to work on this every day. And I remember I was at this point where I was really having a hard time continuing with my book. And I just kind of got over it on my own. I never did this, but I remember considering that. I'm like, what if I wrote it? Because it was a book about a video game. It wouldn't be that weird to go on Twitch. And like, what if I wrote my book on Twitch? Would that work? Would that help get me over this hump? And like I said, I never did that. But just that reminded me that, oh yeah, I did have trouble with that book. I was still leveling up. I was still powering up and like getting more consistent and getting better at writing every day. And then with this book, I am doing better still. Like I really do almost never miss a day. I've been working on this book. You know, it's getting pretty close to the end of this first draft, but it'll be, I guess it's been about a year and a half. Does that sound right? I don't know. I'd have to double check, but, but I mean, I've probably missed out of a year and a half I've probably missed 30 days, you know? I mean, it's not like I never miss a day, but almost never, you know? And I really notice when I miss a day, I'm like, oh, fuck, I fucked up. And I really double down to make sure I get back on track. And I mean, by this, I really feel like by the time I get to my next book, like I won't miss any more days. It's like never going to happen because it's just like continuously moving forward a little bit by a little bit. And I remember last uh, summer when I was in Toronto, I remember I did a podcast about how I was going to start adding to what I was doing each day. Like I would work every day on the book and I was getting really good at that and really consistent with that, even though it's just a little bit every day, but it is every day. So I knew I couldn't necessarily get more than that done each day on the book, which I've just confirmed now. I still can't. But I thought maybe I could add extra things. So I've got like a little text-based video game that I've been just slowly picking away at, just writing a script for, which I really work slow on. I might write a sentence a day on that one, but whatever, you know, it adds up. And I have a secondary story, just another story that I had a lot of notes for and I have an ending for, so it's really just a matter of 
the daily grind now. And again, like, I do less on that. I just do a little tiny bit on that one. After I've worked on the main story, then it's like, okay, let's do a little tiny bit on this other story. And again, it just, it just adds up. I've got, I don't know, a good amount of that book done. Like a, a fifth of it, probably. Just as a side dish, as an aperitif. You know, it's just another thing to do. And I decided I would come up with one idea per day. Just let my brain roam around till I came up with some idea for some story each day. And I'm going to do a podcast all about that soon because that has kind of uh, funneled into a third tier story where it's like I've got, I came up with an ending for this story. I've got a fair amount of notes for it. 19 days out of 20 now, the idea that I have each day is for that story. And it's just, it is like the backup. Like I'm working on the main book the video game's just on the side, whatever. But I'm working on the main book, and then when I finish the main book, I'll have this secondary side book I've been working on. It'll be half done by then, or two-thirds, or whatever. And then behind that, I've just been collating notes for this yet another story, and it, it just keeps the grind going. And I can do each one of these. Like I'm not trying to force too much work out of my main book. I'm just adding to the amount of work I can do each day. So now I'm working on this little array of projects. And yeah, it's really working out good, which again, I guess is why I thought maybe I could kind of level up the whole thing. Now, I was even thinking like, what if I did that loop? What if I worked on the main story, the backup story, the idea for the third story, the little bit on the video game? What if I just start again and then go to the top? If I could do that loop twice a day, that'd be great. But I can't. I can't yet. But maybe, you know, maybe I'll get there. But at this point, I'm really starting to doubt it because, like I was saying, like, pushing too hard, it's not good. Maybe I'll just keep adding to the number of things I work on each day, you know, but I still think just a little bit every day, it's so, it's so much better. It's just, you get such better stuff. And what's the hurry? Especially now that I've got this little portfolio I'm working on, it really helps justify how slow I write. Like, it might take me three years to write this fucking novel. Which I still don't think is that crazy, because it seems like for most people, a year and a half to two years is pretty normal. So yeah, maybe it'll take me more. Maybe it'll take me double. But I've got other stuff also in the works, on the way, in the background, which I also think helps because it just helps take the pressure off this main novel. Like, I don't know if this novel sucks shit. It might, you know, people might read it and just go like, holy God, this is boring. You know, this is so fucking pretentious. This is so self-involved. Or like, can you believe this guy thinks this shit is interesting? This sucks. If, If I just worked for three years on this novel and then that happened and everybody rejected it and everyone hated it, that would fucking be a kick in the dick, and that could totally happen. But I think it'll ease things if that does happen now, because I'll already be deep into my secondary book, and with a great big batch of notes to get me ready for the third book, and it just keeps on rolling, you know? Like, it's just, it's the process. Forget about getting to the end. Who cares about getting to the end? You know, just just keep the process going forever and ever and ever till the day you fucking die. So anyway, I hope that made some kind of sense. Fucking, uh, I have no idea really quite where I am or how I got here. It's really easy to get lost in Amsterdam, like crazy easy, because it's like these concentric circles. 
This really was a good little place, though, to do a podcast. <laughs> it's nice. Like, I'm still not that far from civilization, but it's just, like, perfectly out of the way. It's a rare find in this town. All right, so anyway, hope that was uh, mildly interesting. For song of the day, this is, uh, I think the guy's name, it's like Atla. The song is called Bugsy Moogs, and it's just, uh, it's just goddamn catchy, man. This is a triumphant-ass song. It's fucking cool. So, thanks again for listening. I'll uh, check in again whenever at some point. Keep on keeping on. All right. Hey. <laughs> All right. See you later. Goodbye. I'm a man divided. Right hand, left hand, I'm a stand beside him. Got in my chest, so I am the pilot. No cameras or fencing, no pantomimes, ain't no answers down here, but up there they might be. I cannot hear the sirens, I cannot fear the giants. Planting no violence or planting some violets. Either way, these hands gonna land these panties, damn it. I am what I am, come find me. I'm running this game like Bugsy Boo. I'm running this game like Bugsy Boo. Hey, hey. I'm running this game like Bugsy I got a parasite, need to raise it to pray that ain't nothing funny When I see myself like a parasite I'm staring down dude gauges that's 2020 No abusing the vent that takes shots at my image repeatedly Dummy, dummy, that's shooting the gift But I know who it is and it's eating me Guess I'm hungry, hungry, look Why do I love so much? I'm holding on to the world and ain't giving up Why do I hate what I touch? Ain't holding on to the world and ain't living up Why do I trust so much? So more than I ain't even getting up There's no cure for I don't give a fuck And if there is, guess what? I don't give a fuck. I'm running this game like Bugsy Boo. I'm running this game like Bugsy Boo. I'm running this game like Bugsy Boo. Ain't no superhero, ain't no cape appearing. Face your fear, you ain't no painted mirror. Ain't no superhero, ain't no paper, fair and face of fear. Ain't no painted mirror, ain't no saying that the face of fear. I'm jumping while falling, I come from the calling. I'm driving the dump and the ride when it's all in. Then I'm running for the answer to the question. I've been hauling, finding nothing but a denture in the dark. And I'm performing says, Ain't no superhero, ain't no paper, fair and face your fear. You 